Imagine yourself in the face of extreme danger. What happens to you physically? Your heart rate increases, you get hot, you start to sweat, you may freeze up, you may run. Whatever it is that you do, it all stems from your body's instinct to survive. The burst of adrenaline that you get is not just there because you're scared. It's there for a reason. It's there to protect you. The burst of adrenaline created by your sympathetic nervous system is where the fight or flight response initiates, triggered by your emotional perception of danger. So your hypothalamus will then signal the adrenal glands to release epinephrine into your bloodstream. This is what we know as adrenaline. And just like that, your body is prepared for war. So what happens when you're triggered easily? What happens when you're in a state of survival? So emotionally and mentally, you are always on a battleground. How do you find control over it? How do you get your power back? Hey, beautiful people, and thank you so much for joining. This is How You Heal's second official episode. My name is Yada, and I will be your host. I am a clinical mental health counselor, spiritual and mindfulness life coach, poet, artist, and all over creative soul here to invite you into a transformative space where healing, personal development, and growth are all laid into our foundation. Today's episode, we are going to discuss emotional triggers, what they are, where they come from, what they look like, how to recognize them, and how to start working through them. You'll learn how to be in tune with your body emotionally and the connection it has to your physical body, how to be in control of yourself and your reactions. So no longer will you live in a space where you are triggered easily. When you train your mind to be calm in every single situation, you become so powerful. This is such a deep and powerful topic for me because I have lived in a state of survival mode for so long where truly anything was able to trigger me. Imagine growing up in a space where you never knew if you were safe or not. And this doesn't have to be just physically, but I think we lack speaking of the emotional and mental battlegrounds that we are placed into at such a young age when it comes to power trips and um, emotional and verbal and psychological and spiritual and religious warfare that is unleashed on so many people from such a young age. When we talk about childhood trauma, where do you think this stems from? It stems from what I just spoke about. So naturally, your body is going to go into a fight or flight mode. And that's not just in the face of physical danger, like I said in the beginning of this episode. It's also for emotional and mental spaces. Like you can go into a state of like you can be triggered emotionally and mentally from the smallest things. I feel like I used to live in a space where just somebody that was staring at me like triggered my fight or flight response. People stare like hell like I could not handle people staring especially when we went into white spaces like predominantly white neighborhoods um I was just so triggered by somebody simply staring at me too too long and then I developed this sense of like anger where it's like let me protect myself I'm gonna pop off because I didn't know what that staring came from I didn't know if it was going to turn into verbal assault which has happened physical assault which has happened And I was just in a state of fear. So today we are going to be speaking of how do we find control over that state of fear? 
How do we find control over our triggers? How do we let our triggers naturally happen and just observe them instead of letting them take over our entire system and being in the driver's seat? How do we place ourselves in the driver's seat and allow our triggers to pass through where we are no longer allowing them to have power over us? So what are emotional triggers? Emotional triggers are a reaction to past trauma. Your emotional trigger is a sense of survival. It triggers you to alert you of any type of perceived threat. And honestly, this can be as little as like a relationship trigger where let's say like, you know, he doesn't text you back. <laughs> like we've been, I don't know, like it's been a few hours and you're just like triggered as hell and you're like, oh my God, like he doesn't like me anymore. Like I'm being clingy, I'm being annoying. Like what the hell? Like is he talking to somebody else? Is he not interested? And the triggers will just derail you into overthinking and so many different thought processes of something that's not even reality. And I think the most important thing to remember is how we can gain control over ourselves and our minds. So we're not looking at how do we stop triggers, but we're looking at how do we allow them to pass and understand them and give them space so they no longer have control over us. Sometimes I think that like we have like something called like an emotional lockbox. And when you're in the state of survival, you have this lockbox like on deck, like it's just oh, it's been there since you were a kid. You're going to continue stuffing more and more and more and more in there until naturally it's going to explode. So when does your trigger actually come out? Is it something that's instant, like that example of like a text message that I gave? Or do you just bite your tongue every time something makes you feel inferior or um at risk or fearful until one day your trigger just bursts. What does it look like for you? I think that's something that's really important to understand. Um, being very reactive is the, um, it's how triggers work. It causes you to be very reactive. And I think one of the most important things I've ever learned on my personal healing journey is to relinquish reactions but to relinquish reactions that come from our emotional triggers because we are in complete control of how we react. When somebody tries to get a rise out of you, when somebody tries to bother you, when somebody tries to make you feel some type of way, when somebody says something bad about you, when somebody looks at you some type of way, whatever it may be, they are trying to get a reaction out of you. If you do not give them that reaction, you are already winning because you are not allowing them to enter your like your energy you're not going to you're not going to make me feel some type of way like you 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 start to look down on it like damn like you really this type of way <laughs> like you really that bitter like you you really are on that weird shit where like you're just like walking out the door and telling yourself i'm going to fuck with people today it it doesn't like it, <laughs> when you look at it that way when you're not in the heat of the reaction you start to see people for what they are and what they do. And you honestly, like, you start feeling bad for them. You're kind of like, ew, this is, it's really gross that you feel this way. But when you think about your emotional triggers, they're basically just wounds that you need to heal. And they're beliefs that are based on your fears, not reality. Hear that again. 
These are beliefs that are based on your fears, not reality. You do not want to be frequently triggered. It's exhausting. It's painful, especially for like people who are really sensitive or really empathetic. Like we're always on 10, like we're always like on guard, just like, but we feel everything. So to heal your emotional triggers, you need to start examining and shifting any belief that you've carried around from family, from society, from your community, from relationships. Like if you're, you know, here to actually do the work, then you're here to gently and gracefully address the parts of yourself that feel flawed and the parts of yourself that have self-doubts about any type of worthiness about who you are. Because your fears are the driving factor at this point. Your insecurities are the driving factor at this point. When you heal that initial trauma or false belief about yourself, you set yourself emotionally free and you don't become as easily triggered or with the triggers becoming easily drained. So where do they come from? Where do your emotional triggers come from? They're brought on by regression, <laughs> returning to like a less developed state of yourself, um, less control. We basically become kids again, right? Especially like if our families have treated us um, poorly when we were younger. We can feel small, we can storm out, we can throw a tantrum, we can, you know, start yelling back, we can hide, we can, you know, our emotions become so big that we feel like we can't control them. So to become bigger than them, we just react in a really big way. Um, and thinking about it that way and seeing it that way allows you to understand that gaining control is the most important step. So how do we recognize them? What do they look like? Um, it can look from like disapproval or criticism. It can come from insecurity. Um, it can come from feeling smothered or too needed. It can come from feeling unwanted or unneeded, a loss of independence, betrayal, rejection, um, delayed outbursts of your anger or sadness, flashbacks of stressful or traumatic events, physical tension, like clenching your fists or your jaw, anxiety, panic attacks, feeling scared, anxious or unsafe. Physically, your elevated heartbeat, sweating and difficulty breathing, feeling like you have no control over your emotions, this urge to run away, to escape, to avoid, this urge to cling on, to hold close to you, to make sure it doesn't leave you, rumination, negative thoughts, um, changes in your mood. There's so many things that that emotional triggers look like and where they can come from. And the only way I can, I can't tell you like, this is how you fix it because each person is emotionally triggered in a different way. So you need to go back and look at the self where you're scared, you're fearful, you're anxious and like where it comes from. Like I gave, you know, a, a bunch of examples there, but if yours isn't on the list, then make your own list, write it down, try to figure it out. Um, how do we work through them? Okay, the way I'm just going to speak from experience, um, I feel like there's this big thing, especially working as a therapist and a life coach. Um, it's therapy and coaching seems like it's similar, but it's very different. And as a therapist, I can't give you advice. I have to guide you to find the answers yourself. With coaching, it's there's a little bit of advice giving, but 
being able to put those two things together um, is kind of difficult for me because I want to come from a space of like being the most helpful that I can be. And I think like when it comes to the podcast, the, like, the easiest, most natural thing for me to do is to just speak to you from my own personal experience and what worked for me. And then you can take that with a grain of salt. So how did I work through it? What worked for me is I had to take a giant step back. I had to like go into hermit mode, literally like got off social media, like just completely dropped so many relationships in my life that were just constantly causing so much pain, so much like inferiority, um, insecurities, making me feel bad. Like I just completely was like, I can't do this. Like I can't. I'm not living. I'm just trying to survive. And I can't just survive anymore. I want to live. So I took a huge step back, a huge step back. And once I took a step back, I was able to trace the roots of like where my triggers were coming from. You know, it brought me back to like times in when I was a teenager. It brought me back to times when I was a child. It's brought me back to so many experiences. And yes, a lot of them were cringy and made me be like, you, 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 I can't. I don't want to think about it. Like, it's so gross. And I know like everybody, every human being has experienced that. And if you haven't, you're lying because we've all done like cringy ass shit where we're just like, bro, why the hell did I say that? Why did I do that? And then you get triggered and feel anxious and da da da. But when you do it, when you do it with your like by yourself, like with a journal or for me, I was journaling like I just wrote down like what my triggers are or how I was triggered in the last week um, or an experience that happened um, in the past that was similar to a trigger that I had recently, like in a relationship or a friendship or whatever it may be. And I just kept writing, like I kept tracing it back to the root. I kept writing like, okay, well, I had an angry outburst. This is just an example. I had an angry outburst at the supermarket because, um, you know, this lady said da 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 to me. Okay. And I reacted real angry and I said, whatever, whatever. And then we were just going back and forth. So that's the experience. That's the trigger. Take a step back. Trace the root. When was another time you felt like this? Write it down. Trace it back again. What was another time you felt like this? Write it down and keep doing this over and over and over and over again until you can recall the earliest memory of this happening. And it's most likely when you were a child and write from that experience. And what I did is I wrote to my childhood self, my child self in like third person as if I was like writing her a letter. And I was like, dear four-year-old Yada, I'm so sorry that you were made to feel this way. Like, I was giving her advice because there's that part of yourself, like your inner child is the one that's like screaming out and being like, help me. Like, that's where the trigger is coming from. So tracing it back is one of the most important things that you can do. Um, Another thing is just get really clear on when you notice these triggers coming up. Like, sometimes... We need to recognize like it's not it's not all our fault. Like if I'm triggered emotionally by like relationships, like if I'm triggered by somebody that's like, you know, um, inconsistent with their communication and I can go to them and be like, oh, my like just like causing issues with them and telling them how it hurts and telling them like sometimes it's my fault. Like, why am I talking to somebody who's inconsistent? That triggers me. 
So I shouldn't even be talking to them. But again, where does that come from? It comes from your inner child. It comes from you being in relationships with emotionally unavailable partners that are inconsistent with you because they feel familiar, because you've dealt with emotionally unavailable folks in your past. You might have had family members or parents or community members that were emotionally unavailable and da da da. You know, it's a it's a whole trail. You gotta figure out what yours is. You gotta get curious. You gotta go back deep into the depths of yourself and ask yourself, what is this pattern? What is standing out? Um, next step, managing them in the moment. Once you've identified what your emotional triggers are, you could be like, all right, that was easy. Like, I'm good. I know what it is. But when you're in the moment of being triggered, like everything physically is going to come up and is going to mentally you're going to be overthinking and physically you're going to get hot and your heart's going to start racing and you're just going to how do you avoid and escape that difficult situation guess what you can't and i think one of the biggest issues when we try to run away from situations like this or act like they're not affecting us as much as they're actually affecting us so how do we deal with them how do we manage them in the moment You have to own your feelings. What does this mean? Because triggers can invoke like emotions, obviously, that's very normal. You need to be able to own the feeling above your trigger. What what do I mean by that? You know, when people say like when folks say um, you are not your feelings, you are the observer of your feelings. That's how you own them. When you are triggered, put yourself in a moment where you were extremely triggered and you reacted. Okay, whatever the reaction was, it doesn't matter. Instead of feeling the feeling so deeply and intensely and having it take over your entire body, what if you told yourself, okay, I'm feeling triggered. I'm observing this feeling of being triggered. I'm observing this feeling of anxiety, this feeling of anxiousness and anger and vulnerability and fear and whatever it may be. I'm observing it. You are a higher consciousness. You are not your body. I say this all the time and this is something that has helped me heal so much. I'm just a visitor on earth. You know, my soul was, was breathed into this body. This body is just a home for me. So I am an observer of what happens to my body and what happens to my brain, my mental, because I'm a higher consciousness. So I'm going to view it from that point of view. When you have that ability, when you do that enough times, practice makes perfect, right? You start to change the narrative from survival to actually living because no one can cause a reaction out of you. You are in control of every part of yourself from inner child to wounded teen to abandoned young adult to uh, patterns of emotionally unavailable codependency, uh, being in narcissistic relationships. You dead all that shit. And I promise you, I promise you, you're able to do it. You just got to, you know, don't fall into like the victim mentality. And it's okay if you do. Just recognize when you do. Because that in itself is a trigger to fall into a victim mentality. Because why am I living here? Like, why, why am I doing this? Give yourself some space. That's, that's another step. 
give yourself some space. When you are triggered, you will feel so overwhelmed. So try some physical, like, okay, first thing I said was be the observer of your thoughts and your feelings. Two, let's calm the physical body down. Our body has reacted the same way for our entire lives. So we're undoing a lot of years of just muscle memory or like body memory. And it's going to take some time. So when people say like, oh, do breathing exercises, do grounding exercises. And you're like, that shit doesn't work for me. It's probably because you don't have experience in doing it enough where you can actually rewire your brain to believe you and rewire your body to believe you. You know, when I was in grad school, we read this book, The Body Keeps the Score, and it's about the mind-body connection. There's actually a really great YouTube video up um, where they, like, this guy discusses, like, the entire book, and it's phenomenal. I think the most important thing is to recognize how your physical body and your mental, emotional body are connected. Like, think about people who go through intense trauma and how they get IBS. Like, that, there's a connection there. Look at people who, you know, have like, for, okay, forget all these examples, but even what I said in, in the beginning um, of this episode, when you're in physical danger, you, or when you're in, when you emotionally react to danger, your physical body reacts with you. There's a connection there. So, Breathing and grounding exercises are going to take time. And if something doesn't work for you, stop doing it and find something else that does. For me, my grounding exercise is reminding myself of my power in that moment. So when I'm triggered, I tell myself, like literally in my head, I literally talk to myself and I say, this is a space where all I want to do is react. All I want to do is pop off. All I want to do is fight. And I recognize that and that's okay. But to ground myself, I'm going to remind myself of my power, how I am not going to give anybody a reaction, how I am in complete control. And I start doing like the five senses grounding exercise. So I'm like, okay, what's like something I can touch and feel right now? Like right now I'm touching um, my shirt and I'm like, okay, what does my shirt feel like? It feels like um, I don't know. It feels very silky. Okay, what else do I feel? I feel the floor under my feet. I'm pushing down really, really hard. And what does that feel like? What um, does it smell like? That's another sense. It smells like vanilla because I have a vanilla candle lit right now. What can I see? I can see buildings. I live in Chicago, so I just see, you know, skyscrapers all around me right now. Um, bringing yourself back to the present moment. Bring yourself back to the present moment, because when you are emotionally triggered, girl, you go somewhere else. You go somewhere way too scary and way too it's, it's a reactional space. So grounding yourself, doing breathing exercises, your breath is like your life source. Your breath will bring you back to reality. Your your grounding exercises will calm you down and soothe you. Do them enough times where you actually notice a difference. Don't just do it once and be like, it's not working. Yeah, that's because you don't want it to work. Because your reaction is becoming bigger than the actual want to heal this trigger. Be honest with yourself and keep an open mind. Keep a open mind. Everyone, okay, you need to be able, so think about like relationship triggers. When you're triggered in a relationship, there can be a thousand other reasons why something is happening other than 
you being unworthy of receiving attention or love or whatever it may be from X, Y, and Z, from whoever you're in a relationship with. So let's say your partner walks in and they aren't immediately smiley and excited and exuberant and runs up to give you a hug. You are going to be triggered and you're going to be like, oh my God, what's going on? They don't want me anymore. Like they feel some type of way about me, da, 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 da. Then you got to sit down and figure out where that comes from, boo, because that is, that's, that could be one reason. Sure. Okay. Good job. You thought of one reason, but that reason doesn't really solve or, you know, give you much purpose um, in the sense of like personal growth and personal development and growing through this emotional trigger. Instead, like the Prophet Muhammad um, would say, give somebody 70 excuses, 70 excuses. 70 is a lot, y'all. Like, that's a lot of excuses. <laughs> and you start to, like, we like to play what if, and that can be pretty dangerous. But, like, sometimes we got to play what if in a positive mindset. Like, what if this part? what if they just had a really long day? What if they had a shitty day? What if they just, like, dealt with some, you know, work drama? What if they, you know, um, were standing on the street and a car drove past and splashed them and they're whatever. What if they're emotionally drained? What if they just had a really bad phone call? What if, what if, what if, what if, like there's a billion what ifs that aren't attached to your triggers. Long-term healing, you need short-term coping strategies to get to long-term healing. You need to work on mindfulness and control of self to actually be able to learn how to regulate your emotions. Meditation is so, um, like, it's so real. It's so amazing. I grew up Muslim, and I still am Muslim, but growing up Muslim, um, understanding that we have to pray five times a day. I was, y'all, I was blown. I'm going to be honest, like, five times a day? Like, that is way too much. I'm not I'm not trying to do all that. And going to, an, like, a Islamic school, it was very much like, you have to do this, or you're going to hell. And you get to a space where you're like, why is, like, God, like, making me so fearful? Like, why do I have to do this? Why does he need this from me? Da, 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 da. And I, like, haven't prayed at all. I just stopped praying. I was like, why is, like, religion, like, why is, why is everyone being so mean? Like, why is everyone saying they're going to throw me in a fire pit for not, not doing something? And then once you come out of that and you're able to heal a lot of your spiritual and religious trauma, which, trust me, I'm still in the depths of it, um, but it's extremely liberating when you start doing it. You recognize, well, I recognize that our prayer, our five times a day is meditation. It's meditation. The same way that Buddhists and Hindu, like so many people have a form of meditation, religiously and non-religiously. Spiritually, you just want to meditate. Physically, you just want to meditate. Mentally, emotionally, you just want to meditate. What is that? It's coming back to self. It's coming back to being at peace it's coming back to being present it's recognizing that you are in tune with your feelings and you're able to find this awareness like focus your awareness on this like inner calm and there's so many different meditation practices that you're like able to to find that it just takes it takes some discipline. It takes discipline to, to pray five times a day. It takes discipline to wake up every morning and do like a 10 minute uh, guided meditation on YouTube or whatever app that you use. It takes discipline. It's not just going to happen for you. Um, another example, keep a mood journal. Um, or like I, I used to use like my note app 
like specifically like with my emotional triggers, I just named um, a note and I wrote emotional triggers. And every time I got triggered, I wrote it down and I wrote down um, how I felt and what I wanted to do. And then later, like once I was calmed down, I would go back and read them. And some of them were funny, like, girl, like you're doing too much. And then others were like, oh, I know what this is coming from. And then use that to journal. Use that in your mood journal to actually write down like where these triggers are coming from. There's a lot of information here. I really, really, really hope you were able to get something out of this. Um, recognize that you are not alone in this. Recognize that there is guidance, that there is help. If you are looking for a therapist, if you are looking for a life coach, if you are looking for a mentor, please, please, please remind yourself that all of those things does not make you less than or whatever. Like we have so many negative connotations around mental health, especially in collectivistic communities where it's so sad that like we can go to the doctor for a broken bone, but we can't go to the doctor for broken emotions. And how many broken emotions do you think we have generationally, just especially people of color who have gone through like genocide and war and um, just there's so much. There's so much just because you haven't gone through it yourself does not mean that it's not in your DNA. It's not in your blood. It didn't start with you, which, by the way, that's a book that is really good. If you want to read it about generational trauma, it's called It Didn't Start With You. Um but remind yourself, like, this is going to be a journey and the journey is beautiful. Healing is not a destination. Healing is a journey. Do not get so wrapped up into it where you're like, it just takes over your entire system. Give yourself grace. Work on what feels good to work on, but also keep yourself accountable. Hold yourself accountable and find somebody that can help. If you are looking for a life coach, a spiritual mindfulness, trauma focused coach, do not hesitate to reach out to me. I will have my coaching um, session set up where you can book. Um, I will have different courses that I'm working on at the moment. And I'm also working on a shadow work journal where you can work on this yourself if you are not in a space to actually be in one-on-one -on -one coaching or any workshops. Thank you so much for joining and listening in and tuning in to today's episode. Don't forget to join next week where we will have another topic. I'm thinking of talking about shadow work this time, um, but we'll see. There's going to be a multitude of phenomenal topics. If you have a topic that you would like for me to discuss, don't hesitate to reach out to my Instagram um, or my personal Instagram is Yana the Poet. And then the Instagram for this podcast is This Is How You Heal Podcast. Send me a DM. Let me know what you would like me to talk about. And stay tuned for coaching sessions, for courses, for workshops, and for speaking events. That is all coming very, very soon. I appreciate your support. I appreciate you being here. And thank you so much for allowing me to be part of your journey. And I really, really hope that you enjoy the rest of your week. So until next week, have a beautiful day.